Hey everyone, Neil here. I hope you're having a great holiday weekend. And while you wait for the next episode of After the Credits, which is about the new Purge movie and should be a lot of fun, we have a special treat for you here in the One Perfect Pod feed. Our friends over at Wondery have launched a new podcast called Inside Jaws. Yes, it's the same friends who brought us such podcasts as Inside Psycho and Inside the Exorcist, uh, both of which were really great and you should check them out. Uh, But this new podcast is hosted by Mark Ramsey and he takes you on an immersive journey behind 1975's game-changing summer blockbuster. It's a tale of guts, glory, and the need for bigger boats. And you know this is sort of a topic near and dear to our hearts over at Film School Rejects and One Perfect Shot. We just got done doing our big summer movie debate week in which Jaws was a very serious contender. Uh, Anyway, you can check out the first two episodes now on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts. Just search Inside Jaws. Also, and this is pretty cool, you can listen to all seven episodes ad-free by signing up for Wondery Plus. We can both get some more information over at Wondery.com slash plus. We'll drop that link in the show notes uh, just for good measure. For a special sneak peek of the first episode of Inside Jaws, just continue listening. You don't have to do anything else. The following contains mature content. You've been warned. From Wondery, I'm Mark Ramsey, and this is part one of Inside Jaws. July 1, 1916. A perfect day at the Jersey Shore. Charles Van Zant was in the mood for a swim. Hey, let me show you how far out I can go. He was 25, a smart-looking young man with dark, slick-back hair. Charles was a stockbroker from a prominent Philadelphia family, and this was his first swim of the summer season. As he paddled out, he could see the fine young women with their petticoats and parasols. They were watching from the shore. That cheer, that was for him. A few others were in the water too, but he passed them now. He was all alone. A man and his ocean and his dog. He paused, just to listen. And he turned on his back and floated. He was engaged to be married to a beautiful woman. He was young and strong and handsome with a fine career. It was a perfect day, and he had a perfect life. And a golden retriever named Jack... Jack, come on back. Jack was swimming to the shore. Fine, Charles had made his point. He looked at the sand, people there, dots on the horizon. Ahead, the Engleside Hotel a grand and glorious gem on the water. 
There you could find sophisticated ladies and gentlemen who journeyed from New York City and Philadelphia every summer. The cities emptied and they came. They came for the magnificent sunrises, the crisp ocean air, and the gentle sound of the peaceful surf. In the lobby that morning, local fishermen gathered. Where were the fish, they grumbled. The catch is, the catch is awful. It was as if the fish were frightened of something. Charles was swimming the crawl, smooth, effortless. His dog was nowhere to be seen, nowhere to be heard. Jack? 100 yards to shore. Ahead, he could see people shouting and pointing. 75 yards to shore. 50 yards. The sun was beating down on him. He could see his reflection in the sand below. 30 yards. He saw his reflection eclipsed by a vast dark shadow. The water was suddenly warm from the spreading pool of his own blood. Charles fought even as the predator's teeth ground down on his bones. He could touch the sand. He was almost out of the surf. Grab his hands. Help me here. Time was standing still. Charles reached out for help. That's when the thing let go. Oh! Oh! The monster had him again, this time by the thigh. The surf was receding. The fish was now on the sand, and he was holding fast to what was left of Charles Van Zandt. The creature's mouth was moving. He was trying to swallow the man whole. The monster was off the sand, back in the water. Nobody knew how or why, but the beast let go and vanished into the ocean. They carried Charles away from the water and laid him on a towel. The crowd gathered, numb with shock and horror. He was still alive, barely. He was a, a sickening sight, his left leg virtually torn off, a gaping hole in his side where his thigh had been. He was blood and trembling, mangled flesh. I was looking right at him. I'll never forget his expression. It was blank, white, helpless, and so sad, shaking. He raised his arm to the sky like he was praying for mercy. Nineteen eighty-one, Phoenix, Arizona. <sighs> she tells me clean up the basement. I clean up the basement. Where to begin? Hey, I hope that wasn't a mouse. <sighs> Got to start somewhere. It was in a dark corner. It had been there for many years. A box. 
full of old movies, dozens of amateur 8mm films disintegrating. The box's owner had long since moved away, and so the box was shipped to Los Angeles, where two 15-year-old boys who made their own 8mm films worked day and night to repair them for weeks. The boys were overwhelmed by what they saw. Reel after reel. Movies like their own, but much older. So many, so rich, so ambitious. And some featuring elaborate special effects. How do you do that? Dude, I have no idea. For their work, they were paid $250. They would have done it for nothing. That's it. I think we're done. The boys were named Matt and JJ. Matt Reeves would grow up to direct the Planet of the Apes franchise, and J.J. Abrams would one day helm a new generation of Star Trek and Star Wars movies. Their patron's name was scrawled in Sharpie across the side of the old box, hidden for years, forgotten, lonely, in the basement of his boyhood home. It read, Steve Spielberg. That was just a preview of Inside Jaws. To hear the rest... Subscribe to Inside Jaws on Apple Podcasts right now. Or to hear all seven episodes of Inside Jaws ad-free, go to wondery.com slash plus. That's wondery.com slash plus.